You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. All right, we're back. The gang is back. Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena, Frankie Stanfield, who was here last week, and Michael Florio makes his triumphant return. What up, Joey? The band is back together. Yeah, when we uh, going to practice? When we, when, when's our next uh, album uh, dropping? I have no idea. <laughs> We got Petey Pablo, the one-hit wonder, Pete Considori. Well, two. Featuring every once in a while. Two-hit wonder. A few weeks ago, he... Might be three, boys. Might be three. He's feeling it. He's feeling it, huh? Joey? Yes, sir. What's up? There you go. Frankie Cheech. How's everything going, man? Everything's going good. How about you? I'm all right. Not too bad. It's it's pretty cold in here. I like it. It's, it's, It's like 20 degrees... Colder than it was when uh, Florio and I were last together. Oh, like, man. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd kill for this over what it was, you know, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know we're going to be talking a lot about fantasy football. A lot of news dropped just within the past 24 hours. Spencer Ware, uh, Carter off the field. Uh, supposedly it's a knee sprain, right? Uh, Julian Edelman, Patriots wide receiver. Uh, they're looking at an ACL tear, but they're going to confirm that with an MRI. So we'll talk about that. And this morning, uh, news dropped, uh, kind of surprising, and uh, Blake Bortles has been named the Week One starting quarterback for the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, are we surprised by that? Not with the, the current roster, you know. I mean, look, if they would have looked outside, and they still might, I think. Look outside the organization. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about a little Chad bit. Chad Henney Kaepernick sucks. is still out there. Yeah, exactly. Blake Bortles, I, I get it. He's turnover prone, but just the range of outcome and like your offense's ceiling is so much higher with Blake Bortles than with Chad Henney. Chad Henney is like a game managing quarterback that can't take care of the ball. So yeah, we spoke about it a little bit last week, right. Joe, and I brought up the fact Chad Henney has never had a season with more touchdowns and interceptions. His TD to INC ratio in his career is fifty-eight to sixty-three. I mean, you know who he is at this point. He's a journeyman, thirty-two-year-old uh, quarterback. Doesn't offer you much upside. You use a high draft pick on Blake Bortles. I agree with their decision. I mean, you still have to see what you have in Blake Bortles. Give him another shot under this new regime uh, with a competent running back in Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he turns it around. I mean, the other day he still did not look great. I, I was watching some of that game, and he wasn't he, he wasn't great. Still had some turnovers. So, I mean, going into the year, hopefully we get back to um, a couple of years ago where he was with Allen Robinson. Uh, but it's tough right now. It, it, it's tough, it, especially if you have drafts today. I moved Allen Robinson down personally. I have him down at like wide receiver twenty four, right. which I know it might sound crazy. Just a couple of weeks ago. He was a third, fourth-round pick, but I just can't invest that highly of a pick in him right now. And you bring up the fact that this is a big, big draft weekend. So is next weekend. Uh, and, uh, look, tweet out to us uh, at FNTSY Radio. Uh, any questions about your upcoming draft, uh, we'll try to answer them live on air. If you want to give us a call, 843-843-6879. I got yeah. you back, Joey. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. 
All right. So when we come back, uh, obviously some fantasy football, lots of news broke. We also have a special guest that we'll announce uh, when we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. The gang's all here for you. It's draft weekend. Like I said, you can reach out to us. Our Twitter handle is FNTSY Radio. You can give us a call, 844-843-6879. And uh, so where do you guys want to begin? I mean, by the way, I just want to uh, promote that we have a, uh, a special guest in the second hour. Um, Mr. Florio. Yeah, we have Alfie Crow, managing editor of BigCatCountry.com, which is the Jaguars SB Nation website. He is a uh, he's looking he's pretty pumped. He told me to talk about Bortles and Robinson and Fournette and all those guys. So and we booked him before the news broke. This yeah, morning, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, before we knew who the quarterback of the Jaguars was officially going to be, right. it's it's almost like we know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so. Uh, Giants, let's go back just a couple of days. I mean, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., going to be questionable for the start of the season, might be missing first game or the second game, uh, the, saying it's an ankle sprain. Not being very specific, you know, you, whenever you hear an ankle sprain on any player, you're worried, is it a high ankle sprain? Is it a regular <laughs> ankle sprain? Uh, how did, are you guys worried at this point? I mean, look, the Giants, don't. I don't think they're required to release injury information right now, right? Yeah, I, I'm not worried just yet. I have had a, peop- a couple of people tweet me and be like, you know, if I'm scared, are you scared about Beckham? And they said they are. They were like, you know, I'd rather play it a little safer. Who is someone that you would pivot to? And I told them Mike Evans because mm-hmm. he's the wide receiver I have ranked below, yeah. rank, right below him. <laughs> but that's only if you know you, you're really scared off by this ankle injury. I still would take Odell Beckham, the second wide receiver off the board as of today. Yeah, I, I would take Mike Evans. Uh, if you're in a standard league in that you know four, five, six range, uh, if you want to go with a running back, because in in that format, the standard non PPR, they are more likely to score points than mm-hmm. wide receivers. I mean, we've seen that over the past couple of years, the workhorse running backs. Uh, so if you want to take a shot on a McCoy, Gordon, Freeman, there, I have no problem. Uh, if you're in a PPR draft, I've had Evans ranked over Odell Beckham the entire offseason. I'm sticking to my guns there. Obviously now with this injury too, but don't let Odell Beckham slip too far. Like On a per-game basis, once he's healthy, we know what he can do. He's going to be a top five receiver. Uh, so I'm not letting him slip past six, seven that far. Gotcha. Okay. So we've had some games uh, already in the uh, week three of the preseason, and usually week three of the preseason is when you get a real feel for the starters uh the starters are are going to usually play like a, a full half so uh panthers eagles we don't have to worry about the score we're just worried about you know cam newton making his first throws of the preseason very limited uh coming off the of surgery uh you know he looked good i mean are we worried about him i mean uh, where do you guys have him in your rankings is he someone that you might eventually draft so i have cam newton as my 15th quarterback right now and i th- think I, I want to move him up because I think that 
he's one of these guys that's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he knows how bad he was last year, two years removed from an MVP, so we know how good he can be. The problem is the rushing production is undoubtedly going to come down. I mean, they drafted all of these weapons, McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, so that he can get rid of the ball quicker and that he could be more of a pocket passer. I don't know if he'll ever be just a pocket passer, but they certainly don't want him to rush as much as he has in the past, which was a huge part of his fantasy production. So right now I have him ranked 15th overall just because of the unknown of him being mostly a passing quarterback right behind Philip Rivers, Dak Prescott, and Derek Carr. I've seen people have him ranked inside the top 10, and I think he has the upside to get there again. Mm-hmm. It's just for me, shoulder injury, if he takes a big sack, if he takes a big hit, that can that's an injury that can recur, uh, obviously throwing the ball all the time, minus the rushing production as well. I just can't rank him inside my top 12 as a you know starting worthy quarterback. That's just me, though. I have him 15th as well at quarterback, and I've bumped him up a bit. Like I had Tyrod Taylor originally ahead of him, but he has you know fallen behind Cam. My reasoning, I agree with a lot of what Frank said. I worry about the rushing totals, especially in the red zone, which is where he is going to take a lot of those big hits. If he stops rushing in the red zone, that's obviously going to lead to less rushing touchdowns, which is a huge factor in his uh, value the last few years. Plus, I mean, I've said it many times. One season where he's thrown over 4,000 yards and he just barely cracked it. The Two years ago when he won the MVP and was you know the top quarterback in fantasy, it was purely touchdown dependent. He threw 35 touchdowns, I believe, that year. Most years he's sitting around 24, 25. So I, I do worry a lot of his passing volume isn't enough to make him a top 12 quarterback. And, I mean, if you want to bump him up ahead of Phillip Rivers or... Dak Prescott, I'm okay with it because I have those guys in the same tier. I think Cam's ceiling is higher than those guys, so I get it. But then you start getting in the top 12. I mean, a lot of people will probably argue him Cam over Big Ben. I love Big Ben. I have him 11, and I might even move him even higher. I, I just The fact that we all love Le'Veon Bell, we all love Antonio Brown, and a lot of us, including myself, I'm very high on Martavis Bryant. Why We have to love the guy giving them throwing the ball yeah, to them. Yeah, kind of makes sense. So... I might move Ben up even higher. Actually, one of my bold predictions is about Big Ben mm-hmm. because of this, this, the weapons in the Steelers' offense. But if you want to move uh, debate Cam over some of these guys, I get it. He has the upside. But for me, he's someone that I've pretty much been avoiding in drafts because while I have him ranked 15, he's always getting drafted in the top 12 quarterbacks, at least in most drafts that I've participated in. So I was kind of down heading into the season on Kelvin Benjamin, but so far he's kind of... Impressed me. I mean, he's he's looked good. He, they said he came into camp out of shape. He looks like he's in shape now. Looks like he's uh, motivated, right? I mean, caught a couple of touchdown passes in the preseason. Uh, where do you guys uh, stand on Calvin Benjamin? This is exactly who he is. I mean, the the reception volume is never going to be there. I, the target volume won't be there either because Greg Olson's still going to be a factor in this passing game. Uh, McCaffrey, as we mentioned, is going to be a huge factor in this passing game now as well. Uh, so he's never going to be a huge target monster or a reception monster, but he can flirt with double-digit touchdowns. And because of that alone, he has to be ranked inside your top 25, I think, in standard leagues. In PPR, I have him outside my top 30 just because there are a few guys in that range that have more upside. The PPR guys like Stephon Diggs, Willie Sneed, um, Jarvis Landry, I think, still has that PPR upside over a Kelvin Benjamin. But in standard, if he's going to give you potentially 10-plus touchdowns, he has to be ranked inside your top 25. And, and that's exactly where I have him at the cutoff right there, 25 uh, as wide receiver 25. I think he can... 
get 900 plus yards. He'll probably be in that you know 60 to 70 reception range. But like I mentioned, I, I think he can get to 10 plus touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with Frank on a lot of those points. I, I think the touchdowns are obviously what he needs for that value. All right. Uh, what about uh, a guy that could carve a, a role out for himself? I mean, obviously, we could talk about Christian McCaffrey, and, and we talked about him last week, I think, Frank. Uh, the the speed, uh, the, the the ability to catch passes. I mean, he's just going to get a, a dynamic weapon that uh, that Newton can use. But So we could talk about him, but what about uh, Curtis Samuel uh, as a, another kind of a dynamic guy that uh, he can he Curtis can use? Samuel is... Kind of like a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Like he he can be used in the backfield. Mm-hmm. He can line up in the slot, and I think they're going to try to even use him out wide at times. Like they want him to be kind of the the Swiss Army knife in this offense. And for me, I've been taking shots on him late in drafts. Like in the flex league, he was my last pick. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, a lot of uh, in my best ball drafts have been taking him super deep because just you know I think that there is upside to be had here in a you know your normal season long league. Yeah, he's nothing more than you know a last round flyer that you probably will let go because I think he is going to take some developing, some time to not only gel with the offense because he missed almost all the camp and got buried down the the depth chart because of that, but also because when I was reading up on him a lot heading into you know uh, the preseason. Everything on him said does a lot of things well, doesn't excel at anything. Mm-hmm. Needs a little bit more polishing on his route running. Needs, you know, to learn how to play a little bit more physical. Need So there was a lot that he had to work on. I think he is a guy who is going to get better and better as the year goes on. And, yeah, I think he's worthy of a late-round flyer, but don't be expecting to throw this guy in your starting lineup right away. Yeah, I think he's more of a, a gadget-type player um, who will struggle for week-to-week consistency. He's probably better... Just for NFL purposes, helping Cam Newton and this offense overall more than he will be for fantasy. Uh, just because, like I mentioned, I think he is going to be inconsistent. I feel like we should touch on the the running backs a little bit again. Um, I know that we've spoken about Jonathan Stewart not going yeah. away. We saw it last night, right. uh, or rather the other night. Thirty one. He had a 31-yard rush. Uh, and then the rest of his attempts went four for eight yards. <laughs> so um, he still has a little bit in his step. I, I think he's going to be a factor still. Um, but I tweeted this out. McCaffrey, on that first drive with Cam Newton in the game, McCaffrey had two red zone carries to Jonathan Stewart zero. So, I mean, do with that what you will. Uh, but I could see it being something where... One drive, it's going to be McCaffrey in the red zone. One drive, it'll be Jonathan Stewart. Maybe once they get inside the five, they only go to Stewart. So I, I still think, think that that's that, the way it's going to go the rest of the season, or do you think eventually, you know, McCaffrey wins out in terms of snaps? I think overall, he he probably will have more snaps. But Jonathan Stewart is the bulkier back. I mean, it makes more sense for him for them to use him inside the five-yard line more so than a McCaffrey who is more of that kind of electric type player. All right, we'll finish up our discussion on the Panthers, talk about the Eagles. They put on a nice showcase the other night. We'll be right back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're back with Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yeah. Joe Galina, Frankie Cheech, Stample, Michael Fantasy Florio. Uh, this weekend, uh, we had a move. It's the, that's, all the not ball the, that's not what the F stands for. <laughs> Tell him what it stands for, Mike. It stands for Frank. Because yeah, uh, he wants to be like me. 
And uh, I was could, born first. That's not true. So it's I might have been thought of first, though. You got at Michael <laughs> F. Florio on Twitter, right? At Roto underscore Frank. That's right. The most boring Twitter Lino. handle yeah, in the world. It says it all. <laughs> so, I mean, I just used a couple of uh, nicknames because it's nickname weekend, right, in baseball. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't catch any of the Yankee game last night. I'll probably watch some today mm-hmm. once we get out of here. Uh, how did it look? Did you, did you catch any of the game? Yeah, I was watching. You know, I was so in how did the jerseys it. look? It looked like the kind of stuff that I could buy in models. Like, you know, the, the main part of it was navy blue. I mean, and then it's it got, like, the gray nice. sleeves, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the jerseys yeah. are nice. I mean, I've seen I them, like, on just, MLB Shop. Right. They're really expensive, though. Like, I would get one. Mm-hmm. They're really expensive. Yeah. I can, it's just basically a marketing ploy, isn't it? Obvi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I know we're going to talk about football, but uh, just a couple of names I just want to throw out at you. Stanton's been in, insane. I think he hit another two last night. He's up to 49 home runs. Home runs. He's going to hit 60. Yeah. Which is no big deal anymore, right? Because No, uh, it's a huge deal. Because <laughs> Barry Bonds, I mean, for me, it's a big deal because I'm a traditionalist. When's the last Barry, time we saw someone Barry do Bonds? that? <laughs> it was Barry Bonds, I believe, right. correct? And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a long Mark time. McGuire and Sammy Sosa, he hit 66 or something like that. I mean, it's a big deal if, if you know, there wasn't that. Uh, it's a big deal for whoever drafted him in the third round. Yeah. Stanton probably, you know. Corking his bat. That's what I'm predicting. Yeah? No no roids? <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Sosa style, baby. Where does he go next year? First round? Yeah, he'll be a first yes. round pick. And deserving so, I think. Yeah. Not on my team. <laughs> Reese Hoskins? He's been on fire. Nine home yep. runs in his first 16 games, I'm right? going against him in one of my uh, head-to-head points playoffs. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah my season, is, my season is over, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, well, he's been playing the, some outfield, I think, right? He, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, in that league, it's CBS Sports' mm-hmm. first first base and outfield eligibility for him. Right. So, I mean, the power upside is legit. This mm-hmm. is exactly what he was doing in the minor mm-hmm. leagues this year. So so we were talking about the uh, McGregor-Mayweather fight. Uh, more punches in that fight or uh, Thursday's game uh, against the Tigers-Yankees-Tigers? Yeah, probably Yankees-Tigers. I think so, right? Yeah. let <laughs> <laughs> <Sanchez>. go McGregor. <laughs> I didn't see this Aaron Judge... Punch the, Mag- the phantom punch that Mag- Cabrera... Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera was Cabrera mad that Judge him. didn't get... Suspended. Right. Apparently, he punched somebody in the neck. I mean, I've watched the brawl multiple times. Right. I didn't see Aaron Judge do anything. Yesterday was the Yan- oh Thursday was the Yankees heel turn. <laughs> Miggy is loved throughout baseball, like by the players and everything. Mm-hmm. That was their heel turn, man. People are going to be coming for the Yankees. Well, yeah, they're saying that you know with yeah with, with the respect that I mean, they initiated has. it though. I mean, they hit Gary Sanchez. Well, what they're saying is Sanchez, you know, kind of plunked. Uh, did he plunk him? Yes, him and Castellanos. Yeah. Cheap shots. While they were on the floor. Yeah. And did you see uh, that uh, Good. Castellanos was giving uh, Victor Martinez a little grief because Martinez was kind of like... Calming down Gary him. Sanchez. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He was kind of, you know, he was trying to talk him down as like an older yeah. veteran. Right. I understand why the Tigers would be mad. I saw in the dugout afterwards, Justin Verlander was yelling at yeah, him. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He was like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, and, apparently and, and Verlander and Victor every, Martinez. Yeah, Verlander wasn't like... Well, Verlander walked away after yeah. kind of like... You know, said something. And I don't blame Verlander, man. Yeah. He's he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He's mm-hmm. married to Kate Upton. Why does he want to be in a scrap that has nothing to do well, with him? I think him. he was taking Victor Martinez to task for hanging yeah. out with the Yankees when, That's the, exactly uh, it. when the brawl was going on. Verlander is not known for being, you know, the most liked teammate, though. Right, right, I mean, right. I feel like we should mention that well, as well. He, yeah, he said something to Mart- Victor Martinez, and, and then Victor Martinez had to be restrained because Verlander just walked away. But anyway, fa- fantasy football, right? Yeah! <laughs> so we were talking about Curtis Samuel, so I was just curious. Curious, uh, Curtis Samuel, 
Corey Davis, Zay Jones, who do you think has the most fantasy significance this season? I would say highest upside is Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. Safest, I have, I think, Zay Jones and Corey Davis ranked like back-to-back. I mm-hmm. think Zay Jones is just higher, so I'm going to go Zay Jones. I don't think Curtis Samuels even in the same discussion as those other two guys, though. Yeah, I agree. I have Zay Jones ranked the, the highest rookie wide receiver this year. Mm-hmm. PPR beast in college. I mm-hmm. think he can do a lot of that at the NFL level. Good route runner, strong hands. He's going to be, I think Tyra Taylor is going to have to lean on him or whoever the Bills quarterback is right. at this point because mm-hmm. honestly, I don't, I don't think we have a direct answer to that. Gotcha. Okay, just curious. Uh, so let's move on to the Eagles. And really, I mean, it was just like a, a showcase, you know, like sometimes, you know, when when you get married and you go and you watch these bands play and they, they put their best uh, face to you. I mean, that's what the Eagles did, basically. Everyone just both teams, really. Right. I mean, <laughs> Jay Ajayi, too, for the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, he looked yeah. amazing. Yep. Yeah, we'll get to him. But uh, Carson Wentz looked good, right? And, uh, you know. He's one of my kind of sleeper picks. I don't know how you guys feel about him. He's been climbing up my rankings for me. Mm -hmm. I got him, I think, like 16th or 17th right now at quarterback. And that's only because of how deep the position is. I got him 17. I moved him since the season has started. He's jumped Tyrod Taylor for me. He's jumped Eli Manning. And the only reason I don't have him even higher is because I I can't justify putting him ahead of, like, Cam Newton. I just... I have Andy Dalton there as well because of the weapons right. that Dalton has. I'm a fan of that. You know, Wentz has some weapons too, and he showed Torrey Smith is a guy that nobody really talks about. Probably not more than maybe a best ball guy, but a 50-yard reception from Wentz. And Alshon Jeffrey looked like a wide receiver one. And then Carson Wentz, I mean, even though it was early in the season because we don't expect him to show up till late in the season, he looked good too. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think Zach Ertz is a big winner of the trade for, uh, with that they made with the Bills of sending Jordan Matthews to Buffalo. I actually I have Zach Ertz up to nine in standard at tight end. And I'm getting tempted to move him even higher ahead of Eric Ebron because I'm worried about Eric Ebron. But in PPR, I have Zach Ertz seventh tight end on uh, coming out. I don't think he's just going to be missing December this year. I think he, <laughs> besides Alshon Jeffrey, could be the most consistent pass catcher for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call me crazy. I've already moved him up to tight end six in both formats wow. because. Uh, what Jordan Matthews did last year, he played in the slot. He did a lot of his damage over the middle of the field. We know that he excelled there. You look at what Zach Ertz did last year. Uh, if you take that and put it over a 16-game pace, he would have been a top-10 tight end. I mean, he missed a few games last year. He already has a pretty good rapport with Carson Wentz. The middle of the field is going to be all his. Uh, we were getting reports that the Eagles are drawing up more plays for him in the red zone now as well. So, look, the biggest knock on him has been consistency just breaking out late in the season and the fact that he hasn't scored touchdowns so i mean if you take away the guy who was doing all that damage in the middle of the field in jordan matthews and you tell me that there are reports about him being worked more in the red zone i mean those are the two exact things that you want to hear i think he can be second on this team in targets uh potentially lead this team in receptions so i moved him up to tight end six i'm extremely high on that ahead of uh rudolph and graham I mean, behind. Uh, they're behind. I was going to say, who are your top five yeah. tight ends? I'm pulling it up right now. It's the obvious Gronk, Kelsey, uh, Olsen, Jimmy Graham, Reed at five. And then I have Zach Ertz at six. I have, a, have him ahead of Eifert and ahead of Kyle Rudolph in standard. Um, and then in PPR, it's probably going to be exactly the same. Yep. I have Rudolph seven. I can't put Ertz ahead of, ahead of Rudolph just because 
Rudolph last year in the second half was yeah, was the number yeah. one target for the Vikings. It's the same OC from the second half coming back. Also, I don't think Ertz could get the touchdowns that Rudolph can. And I know it's hard to predict touchdowns, sure. but it's a tight end position and the touchdowns are so volatile. All, all a tight end has to do is score a touchdown, and he's a tight end one in, in a given week. So I just I think Kai Rudolph could be up there as one of the favorites to pace the position in tight ends right behind like Gronk and, and Reed. If those mm-hmm. guys stay healthy, they'll obviously lead the position. But after them two, I think Rudolph is third in touchdowns at tight end. Yeah. You know you know I love Rudolph. Mm-hmm. I just think that he has more to compete with on the Vikings because Stephon Diggs is going to get a lot of targets. Thielen is not going to just go away. Right. Dalvin Cook is going to be a factor in this passing game. Uh I think you can you can say something similar to the Eagles, but I honestly think that Zach Ertz is going to be a more uh, consistent part of the game plan, and I think he's going to have more targets than Kyle Rudolph in that Eagles offense. I think he's the number two target right behind Alshon Jeffrey. We know what Torrey Smith's role is. He's yeah. going to stretch the field. Kind of boom bust. I don't think he's going to demand a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. Darren Sproles is going to do some damage out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I really do think it's going to be Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz with this team. Yeah. Personally, yeah. If, I, if I had to rank the three in, t- in terms of those tight ends, I think I like Rudolph, uh, Graham. Oh, and, I have Graham ahead of yeah. Rudolph as well. I think Graham is but in. But you make some fair arguments, Frank. Yeah, I will about Rudolph though. I will say this: he was in tight in red zone targets. He was second in the league, and mm-hmm. in targets inside the ten, he was one, two, three, four, five, six in the league. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're that's where he's going to shine because Diggs and Thielen, as much as they could do in between the twenties, they're just not big red zone guys. So if I'm taking a tight end, not only do I want, I, I think they could be around even in targets. Maybe Ertz has a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I think the touchdowns I give to Rudolph, and that's why I have him a spot ahead of Ertz. Gotcha. W- would it be crazy if Zach Ertz has like a Travis Kelsey-esque season from one year ago? I don't think it would. No, it could happen. He has the talent, and like you I, said, I really I think do he's think he does. We've, we've always said with Kelsey, he just needs the opportunity. He needs the targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs those looks to go his way. If if something happens like that for Zach Ertz, I could see him taking off and having one of these, you know, eighty to eighty-five reception seasons, a thousand yards with four or five touchdowns, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what Kelsey did one year ago. I think I think Alshon would have to get hurt for that to happen, mm-hmm. which could happen as well. Yeah, like I, I don't before <laughs> I don't see Alshon putting up Alshon numbers and Ertz putting up Kelsey numbers, given mm-hmm. the fact that Torrey Smith, while he's not going to be consistent, he's going to get his numbers, and mm-hmm. you know they are the running backs are still going to be a factor. Sproles is going to be a factor in the passing game. I don't see the Eagles. Offense strong enough to generate 2,000 yard receivers plus the other guys. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, do you think Alshon and Ertz can both have 1,000 yard receivers? I, I, I think they can. I, I think they can. Uh, maybe, I, I, maybe not. Maybe not the touchdowns. Like mm-hmm. maybe Zach Ertz is still in that four or five touchdown range. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Jeffrey can be 11, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. Well, maybe the answer to that question, whether or not there could be two 1,000 yard receivers, uh, could be. In the running game. Let's talk a little bit about their running game when we come back. Weekend Fantasy Update, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All right, we're back on the Weekend Fantasy Update. On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Joe Galena, dancing Frankie Cheech Stample. Woo! And that reminds us uh, our prayers continue to go out for the recovery of the nature boy, Ric Flair. Absolutely. Right? Mike Florio's back. 
Yep. After Boo. Extended, uh, he took a summer break. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Look at He's got nothing. Show. We have a, we have <laughs> you, I was here when you was gone. I wasn't booing you when you came back. You probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, there's now, an opportunity. Now, now, gentlemen, get along. Come on. I'm going to have to separate you. Joe is... It's almost like he's our, our father. <laughs> it's like he, he's everyone's father. Yeah. I'm just uh, floating above you all, right? <laughs> yes. All right. So we got... Uh, and then the second hour of the show, uh, we're going to be delving into the Jacksonville Jaguars fantasy profile. Big news this morning, in case you missed it. Blake Bortles... We'll start week one for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we're going to have Alfie Crow uh, from SB Nation's Big Cat Country. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter, at Alfie, A-L-F-I-E-B-C-C, and uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Rare. <laughs> That's what you guys were doing. Are you fighting again? you cat fighting now? That was my big cat country sound, my call out. <laughs> All right, so we were talking about the Eagles, and uh, one thing we didn't get to was their running game. And uh, it's been been in the news lately because of uh, LeGarrette Blount uh, supposedly being out of shape. Well, there, we had talked a few weeks ago about there being a weight clause in his contract, and uh, you know, Wendell Smallwood looked pretty good at, uh, on Thursday night. Blunt had his moments as well. Uh, where do you, how do you see this playing out? Do you see, you know, Smallwood, if healthy, being like the uh, early down backs and, and uh, Blunt just, you know, uh, more of a red zone guy? Yeah, I think that if I had at their ADPs right now, I would take Wendell Smallwood. I had them ranked mm-hmm. back to back because I think Smallwood is the better talent. And early on, I, I liked Blunt because, Joe, if you remember early in the summer, we had an Eagles when Frank was away. <laughs> We had an Eagles SB Nation guy on, and he said he thinks LeGarrette Blunt could get 200 carries easily because you look at last year, Ryan Matthews had almost that, and he missed time. and So it looked like you know Blunt was going to be primed for that job, and he was going to get all the red zone carries, and Mm -hmm. I bought into that. But then, you know, I didn't buy into the whole he could be cut because they gave up a draft pick to get him from the Patriots and all that. So I thought that he was clearly part of their plan, but Wendell Smallwood is outplaying what I think the Eagles even thought he could be, and the fact that he was banged up early on in camp, and maybe that's why they were talking him down, trying to motivate him. I know he was banged up a lot of last year as well. So whatever it was, I think that we could see a pure committee. I think Blunt will be the goal line back just because that's the one thing that he has thrived at throughout his NFL career. But I think that Smallwood could be the guy that paces them in yards. This is a backfield, though, that I will say I really want no part of because – I could see it being Blunt leading them in touchdowns, Smallwood leading them in rushing yards, Sproles leading them in receiving gotcha. yards. Yeah. But then, you know, they're, they're, they couldn't, there's a number of different guys that they could mix into it. Uh, they could get Pumphrey involved at some point. So I'm not really messing with anyone, Blunt, Smallwood, yeah. Sproles. But if I had to pick one, where they're going, it would be Smallwood. And early in the season, uh, there was a lot of talk about Pumphrey. Now all of a sudden this kind He's of... He's too small. He's. Yeah. I think they see him as... The, the heir apparent to Sproles. Mm-hmm. Like, so, he could kind of take over that Sproles role. Right. So now you're sizest as well. <laughs> no, it's... You were ageist before, and now you're sizest. It, do you trust him to hold up and take a 15 to 20, 20 hits a game? I'm just busting you. You know what. <laughs> so wait, can I read the, uh, the Eagles rushing attempts from one year ago? Sure. All right. Ryan Matthews, 155. Mm-hmm. Darren Sproles, 94. 
Wendell Smallwood, 77. Carson Wentz, 46. Ken John Barner, 27. Byron Marshall, I don't know where he is now, 19. Mm-hmm. This was a complete committee yeah. one year ago. And I know Ryan Matthews scored eight touchdowns. But on a week-to-week basis, you had no idea who to start. I remember us getting a ton of questions about Eagles running back. Yeah. Is this the week I should start Ryan, Ryan Matthews because they have a good matchup on mm-hmm. paper? Should I start Darren Sproles here because the opposing team can't cover you know, receiving running backs out of the backfield? And then he would have a bad game. It was just a complete mess. That's exactly what Doug Peterson is going to do again. I, I truly believe that, that one year ago... He ran a committee. He's going to do that again. I mean, are they really going to give LeGarrette Blunt at his age, at his you know 3.9 yards per carry one year ago? That was with a New England Patriots team. Right. Are they going to give him 180 plus carries? I just I can't imagine that. I think he'll get something similar to what Ryan Matthews got one year ago. He'll probably be in that 160 to 170 range. Uh, but if he falls off at any point, like Mike mentioned. Wendell Smallwood is there. I mean, Smallwood is an interesting power-speed combo. We were talking him up one year ago, and he played well in the preseason. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wasn't bad last year either, 4.1 yards per carry. I mean, that's pretty serviceable against a very good offensive line. That's what sucks most about this. The Eagles have a top-five offensive line in the NFL heading into this year, and we have no idea who the running back is going to be. Obviously, we wish we knew. The the running backs, right? Give him more time to, to throw the ball. Yeah, it sucks. Like you want to, you want to have the running back on this potent offense behind this offensive line, right? But it's just so hard to figure out right now, Mike. Right now, yeah, maybe it will eventually. Someone will. This, make their this to now. play devil's advocate a bit, and this is what I, I told Frank this, you know, like a month or two ago, whenever we were talking to Garrett Blunt. Don't you listen, Frank? Ryan you told Matthews you this a month or two this, ago. No, <laughs> this is just to playing devil's advocate because I think this is going to be more of a committee than last year. But if it ends up breaking down like it was this year, and Blunt is in that Matthews role. Mm-hmm. He will have value because Matthews had 155 carries in 13, just 13 games and only eight starts, and he was banged up most of the season. So if you're telling me they want to use LeGarrette Blunt in that role, I'm going to say he's going to get 180-plus carries rather than closer to the 155 that Matthews had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you said you have them ranked back to back right now, Blunt and Smallwood. Yeah, because that I sounds think kind of crazy. Doesn't I it? think it's just going to go pure committee. Like I think Smallwood is outplaying him in in uh, preseason, and I, I could see them going with like I said, where he's getting a lot of the touches in between the twenty, and Legarrette Blunt is more is used more like he kind of was last year, where you know you give him the short yard runs, you give him the the goal line carries. But if if Legarrette Blunt ends up being used like they used Matthews last year, and they want to use Smallwood in only a limited role, I think LeGarrette Blunt will be will outlive his ADP, if that. But I just see it. I'm too worried that it's going to be a pure committee. One drive, it's going to be Smallwood. One drive, it's going to be Blunt. You're going to be not wanting, not knowing who to trust week to week. And the thing about Darren Sproles, too, like Frank said, some weeks he has good weeks, some weeks he has bad. He will always... Outproduce his ADP and always outproduce where I have him ranked, but I never want to mess with him because his value is so so game script dependent. Mm-hmm. Are the Eagles trailing and needing to pass a lot? If so, he's going to have a big game. But if you know they're winning and they're they're running the ball out, he's going to barely do anything. He's not going to see the field too much. So I don't mess with a guy like Darren Sproles. He's a perfect late round flyer in best ball. Although I think most that's, of those mm-hmm. well, most of those are shut down already because of the slow drafts. I right. mean, if they still have the express ones, uh, he's a perfect late round flyer there. So where do you have Blunt ranked? If you don't I have mind him in asking. the 40s in standard. Even uh, though he could score a lot of touchdowns? I have him, like, early 40s in standard, late 40s in PPR. All right, I mean, 
maybe I'm just too aggressive on Blonde. I have him 34 still in standard. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's in that same tier with a bunch of guys that you don't know what they're going to be. I mean, Adrian right. Peterson, what is he going to be? The Seahawks running backs, we have no idea what they're going to be. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, Darren McFadden. So I kind of have all of those running backs in the same tier. But mm-hmm. I think if Blunt scores touchdowns, he's still going to have value as, you know, maybe a bye week replacement. Yeah, like I have I have Blunt behind like Derrick Henry. I have him behind McFadden. Maybe I am being a little too low on him mm-hmm. because I did move him down significantly after, you know, when like I'm buying into Wendell Smallwood. Maybe I'm going there's a good chance Yeah, you love the name. That's there, what I've heard about you. There could be a good chance that I'm wrong, but when I I <laughs> see them play yourself, I think Smallwood <laughs> is the better talent, which is Maybe making me sour on the Gary Blunt. Come on, Joe. You just got that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said. You said it makes you feel better about yourself. Oh, thanks, Joe. Smallwood. Uh, we, we were making fun of Smallwood last year, too. Yeah. I thought he's still in the league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were saying we should have got the jersey for Scott Engel. I still think we should. <laughs> so this is a pretty good time to go to uh, Patriots talk, because when you talk about uh, not knowing what to do with their backfield, uh, Patriots are, no, you know, are a prime example. Joe, but, uh, Joe, real quick. I'm yeah, sorry to cut you okay, off. That's okay. That's uh, okay. Pete, I just want to give you a heads up. Can you can you search for like some Undertaker theme song that we could play that very low uh, while we're talking about the Patriots? What's about to come next? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Just, uh, give <laughs> Thanks, me a man. Few and I'll, I'll hook you up. All right, Joe, All you're right. up. Sorry, man. Uh, that's okay. Uh, so obviously, the the number one story regarding the Patriots this morning is that uh, Julian Edelman. Uh, rest, in, his, rest in peace. Yeah, tore his, his ACL. Uh, so let's talk about the fantasy implications. I mean, obviously it's going to uh, impact wide receivers on the Patriots. Yeah. And then, uh, it's also going to probably have some something to do with maybe the pass catching backs, and they have like three viable ones, the Patriots, right? Good, good luck guessing which one. Exactly. No, I... There we go. <laughs> Poor Julian Edelman, man. But... I, By the way, just a quick aside. Uh, I know you guys are wrestling fans. There was some kind of rumor that the Undertaker made his way to New York. Never made an appearance, right? No, no, in uh, last week's SummerSlam, it was just a, a rumor. It was a lie. It was a lie. All right. Well, that uh, very appropriately, this is, we're playing the Undertaker. This is music. the Undertaker coming to take <laughs> Julian, Julian Edelman Edelman's <laughs> Julian Edelman's ACL away. I could just picture him just like carrying him because you know, yeah, uh, he's carrying yeah, him. Yeah. Carry him away. Through the casket. Yeah. We're going to have to talk more about it next segment. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, this is, this is huge this news. Is, this is what he's doing in his retirement. Yeah. Yeah, just showing up on football fields and carting him. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, when we come back, uh, we've got to talk about this because this is uh, has a lot of implication, fantasy implication for everyone out there. Yeah. It is draft weekend. Tweet out to us for any questions at FNTSY Radio. Give us a call, 844-843-6879. And like I said, we're going to try to figure out who benefits from the uh, Patriots wide receivers and also maybe from their pass-catching backs. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frankie Cheech Stanfield, Pete Considori producing the show. And when we left, we were trying to talk about the Patriots situation. Now, Julian Edelman, uh, basically uh, Tom Brady's favorite wide receiver. When healthy, he's good for 90-plus receptions. 
you know, 130 targets on average or so when, when he's healthy. So where do these targets go? Brandon Cooks. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had Julian Edelman well, already. It definitely makes Brandon Cook a yeah. little bit more. <laughs> so you know this, Joey. I was low on Brandon Cooks. <laughs> I had him around wide receiver 19 right. in PPR. Or, I know I'm sorry, in standard and around 20 in PPR. Just because he does, he is better in standard. Mm-hmm. So I had Julian Edelman, though, outside my top 24. Like I, I wasn't high on him. I thought he was going to be the one that kind of took a hit as well. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Cooks wouldn't. I thought Edelman will lead them in receptions. Gronk will probably lead them in touchdowns, and mm-hmm. Cooks will lead them in like receiving yards. I, I didn't really want to mess with any of them, but now mm-hmm. you take one out of the mix. I think the other two are going to feast. I think Chris Hogan gets a big bump. We mm-hmm. could see a little of Malcolm Mitchell here and there. Yeah. I, I think though that I moved Brandon Cooks up to wide receiver nine in standard mm-hmm. and ten in PPR because I think the receptions gives Doug Baldwin a little bit of a, of a ground to hold his own. If you want to take Cooks over Baldwin though, I, I can't dispute that. But in, in standard I have him nine just behind, you know, the big eight mm-hmm. ending in Des Bryant. And like I said, Chris Hogan I think I bumped him all the way up to that group of receivers with like the Kevin White, the Josh Doxon, those upside guys, Robbie Anderson, I have him right he's the last one in that group for me now. Yeah, if you guys are just tuning in and wonder why you're hearing The Undertaker's theme song, uh, that is in remembrance of Julian Edelman's ACL. Uh, I agree with you, Mike. I moved Brandon Cooks up to uh, wide receiver 9 in both formats. I have him right behind uh, Doug Baldwin there. I have him ahead of Amari Cooper and ahead of T.Y. Hilton. Why ahead of Amari Cooper? I still think he's being a little bit overdrafted in the middle of the second round, maybe even early second round for some people, because we're drafting Amari Cooper for his absolute ceiling, something that we've never seen him do before. What he's done has been great. Two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons to start his career, but he only has 11 total touchdowns. So so far, like around the two later, you could get uh, Michael Crabtree, who's put up similar numbers. You said right above or right below Doug Baldwin? I have him below Baldwin. So in both. who's not in your top eight then? If he's wide receiver nine and Doug Baldwin is eight, no, I have Cooks ten. Oh, Sorry okay, okay, yeah, Cooks at ten, uh, right behind Baldwin in both standard and PPR. Just because Baldwin, I know he only scored seven touchdowns last year, was a little bit inconsistent. But two years ago, we saw him score fourteen. I don't think he gets back there, but I think he is a guy that can flirt with double-digit touchdowns and have a ton of receptions in the Seahawks offense, which is going to have the pass the ball. Uh, I think the Patriots offense is going to get creative here. That's what they always do. Yeah, every I think, week, you never know, you know what they're going to do. They can, they can move Brandon Cooks all over the field. They can keep him on the outside. They can, ru- they can run, run different stuff with him in the slot. Where He mentioned Malcolm Mitchell. Yeah, right? he what, is a name to pay attention yeah. to. What about Danny Amendola? Neither of you have talked about him. Any... I mean, he's been disappointing. He's pretty much a shell of his former self at this point. He's just battled so many injuries. He's much older now. He's not the player he once was. Malcolm Mitchell came up big for this team last year. He made some plays for them, especially in the Super Bowl. So Mm -hmm. if anything, I see, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, Chris Hogan just goes into the slot because they're doing that, you know, white wide receiver role type Mm -hmm. thing. Chris Hogan is not a slot receiver. Mm -hmm. He is an outside receiver. He can stretch the field. Plus, you're going to still see weeks where he has – Two receptions and other weeks where he has eight. Because like he's going to be inconsistent. Can't <laughs> figure this this and, offense and out. Someone tweeted me this morning and they were like, "Did you watch Chris Hogan last night? He's the new Julian Edelman." And I was like, "No, I've been watching Chris Hogan for years because sadly I'm a Bills fan. Right? And he was there for years before the Patriots. Mm-hmm. He is not. He he has some tricks of a possession wide receiver. Like he is a really good route runner. He has really good hands. Mm-hmm. Maybe with some work, they they have to teach him how to be in the slot. He's more of an outside stretch the field kind of guy. He he could 
potentially become like that third option for them, but he's never going to be Julian Edelman. All right. Well, when we come back, uh, I might discuss a couple of uh, pass catching backs in the Pats backfield. Maybe talk a little bit about the Dolphins. And also we have a very special guest coming up, Alfie Crow from SB Nation's Big Cat Country, talking Jaguars. When we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.